1: We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever.
0: Because guess what? We're now a weekly show.
1: This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more.
0: New episodes drop
1: every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. Curdy, I think I'm going to start this one off if you don't mind. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It's like a vacation for me. Yeah, you get to just inhale. You get to inhale and say bananas. It's going to be great. Here we go. Taiwanese man marries woman four times, divorces her three times just to enjoy 32 days of paid vacation.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm excited about this one because you know why? Because that's definitely bananas. Bananas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bananas. Uh, I am your host, Kurti B. I am the
1: other one, Scotty Landis, and boy, we are excited. Spring has sprung. I'm drinking way more water. I'm following in your footsteps now. Um, it's just too wonder- much water. <laughs> I'm drinking too much water. <laughs> some might argue, but uh, yeah, things are good. How you feeling? You feeling good? Good, yeah.
0: It's just been gorgeous. The birds are tweeting. Oh, the birds love tweeting. The groundhogs are rooting. Mm. And uh, I mean that in the Australian uh, sense of the term. Mm -hmm. uh,
1: F-U-C-K-ing.
0: That's what groundhogs do in the spring. I don't know. I have no idea. And
1: today is a solo episode. Just you and me hanging out, being friends, living the dream. Yeah, buddy. Uh, I'm excited to uh, hear about this, uh, what you're talking about. Yeah.
0: Because that, that is the beauty of a solo episode. Yes. There's no, I mean, we get right into it. We get, is there a story to be covered? We're going to fucking cover it.
1: Yeah. I didn't just make that headline up. There is a story. This was sent in by Firkening, which sounds dirty. I don't know if it is, but Firkening, <laughs> I think, has sent in stuff before on Instagram, <laughs> on the Bananas podcast at Instagram. You heard of it. I'll give you that title again. Uh, Oh, and it's from uh, a website that I will find. And they... Oh, it's on todayonline.com. But I saw it a bunch of places. Um, No writer, so... Worst in the business. Um, Taiwanese man marries a woman four times, the same woman, uh, divorces her three times just to enjoy 32 days of paid vacation. This is from Kuala Lumpur. Never been there. Uh Would love to visit. A Taiwanese man has taken the extreme measure of marrying his wife four times while divorcing her three times just to enjoy a total of 32 days of marriage leave. So you get... So we thirty two times divided by four, eight, sixteen, 24. eight. Yep. Okay, so eight, you get eight yep. days. That's right. All so right. this man, they just—they don't say his name ever, which is probably fine. Um, reported that the man who works in a bank initially got married on April sixth of last year and applied for the eight days of marriage leave. At the end of the leave, he divorced his wife, <laughs> <laughs> only uh, only to remarry her the next day. The man continued with this arrangement where he divorced her and remarried her four times, allowing them for the 32 days. The man's employer, however, only approved of the first marriage. This guy found a loophole. We love criminals who find loopholes where nobody gets hurt. So the man, the groom, the four-time groom, three-time divorcee, uh was so unhappy that only the first marriage leave was approved that he filed a complaint against his ap- employer for not abiding Taiwan's labor laws under Article 2 of Taiwan's regulations of leave taking for workers. Not wordy at all. I hope that was <laughs> lost in translation. <laughs> under Article 2 of Taiwan's regulations of leave taking for workers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that must be lost in translation. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Quote, a worker shall be entitled to eight days of wedding leave with pay. So this guy was milking oh, the system. Pay? Yeah, he got oh, paid. Nice. So the Labor Bureau investigated and found the bank had indeed violated the rule and fined the bank. No. 20,000 Taiwanese dollars, which is about 940 American dollars. They sided with this guy This is so good Uh, The bank submitted an appeal and pointed out the man was manipulating the system as he married the same woman in succession And despite agreeing with what the man did was unethical The Taipei Labor Bureau upheld his previous ruling and maintained the fine He got away with it I love it. it I love it I love that a court is just like, yes, we understand
0: he was manipulating the system, but these words we have to (laughs) abide by. It says every marriage, and so here it is. I love that. I love it. Me too. It works. Finally, bureaucracy works for the little guy.
1: Me too. Years ago, I'll have to dig this up, but there was a, a law that didn't get through in the German Senate Parliament whatever their Congress type of thing is called uh, mm-hmm. de- uh, uh, whatever they're, we're going to say a uh, member of parliament even though that's probably a German Great. a German con- states person mm-hmm. um, introduced that you should only that marriages should only last seven years and at that seven year mark Wait. both parties what? must mutually agree to go another seven years or amicably walk away with uh, legally walk away
0: Time out, time out. Yes. You do realize that this, this was my theory that I put on This American Life. No, I didn't. did Well, you? she might have ripped you off, it, uh, but yeah. This is, wait, what? Really? Because this is like a whole conversation. If anyone goes and listens to the episode, What I Did for Love, on This American Life, it's aired Please a bunch do. of times. About my rumspringa, about uh-huh. my rumspringa, remember where it well. I took- I took them, we essentially, I was dating a woman for 13 years, Mm -hmm. and then we decided to sleep with other people to find out if we were going to get married or not. We did a whole thing. I did a whole thing on This American Life, and at the end, Ira asked me, he's like, well, would you get married now? And I said, this this exact idea, I said, I think people should be married for seven years, and then at the end of seven years, they should be able to, like, uh, kind of reevaluate, and they have to decide to continue to be
1: married. I agree. I also, and Mamrie Hart and I were talking about this uh, a couple months back, Zooming, Boozing, having a good Uh time, no idea why it came up, but we were saying it should be seven years and then a committee of your friends and family get to decide for you if you move on, (laughs) to take it a step further, where it's just like, Kurt... We're not happy with you and Lauren. We've heard you guys complaining, and <laughs> we vote so to break it off. And we were like, you know what? It would be so much easier. You would you would do a better job. It would be like um, a merit. It would be merit-based. Yeah. Like, you would not just – those years, 7 to 14, you're not going to snooze through those years. So, you know,
0: <laughs> that's very funny. I really like – I think that's a very I funny I mean, idea. I'm all for it. Um, but you know, when this, when this, this American life came out, Uh I had just started dating. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. You're like, fuck marriage. (laughs) I I was, yes. And I was out of town. I was in Seattle doing shows with Eugene. Oh boy. And, uh, and she like then, and then of course, like the way that Iris spins the whole story is that this relationship I was in was absolutely perfect. And then we like destroyed it, you know, which is not the case at all. No. Um, but then... I say this thing about the (laughs) not about only being married for seven years at a time. And it was like, she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) She was like, it was like legitimately upset, obviously. Sure. Um, Yeah. And uh, guess what, guys? Uh, At the end of the day, I, we, I've been married for seven years,
1: and we don't have any clause in which it makes us get uh, divorced. Well, we I vote stay together. And also, All anybody right. that listened to our first bananas after dark is probably screaming, stay together, stay. Are you lucky SOB. Yeah. Man.
0: I, uh, I gave up on that idea.
1: Did I tell you when I went to the wedding and didn't see the bride's face? No. Oh, God. I'm glad. I'm not sure. uh, I wasn't sure if I had ever told this, but uh, before the Great Quar, I uh, my cousin's cousin, who I kind of grew up with, who lives in Los Angeles, I got a I got a true last minute invite to a wedding in California, Uh and so I was. You know, I love going to weddings. I love dancing. I love eating free food. I love drinking. I love socializing with with people I don't know. Um, Yeah, you do. I really do. So I went to this wedding. I'd never met uh, his wife. And uh, I won't name names, but I think they listen to the podcast. So hey, guys. Um, and so I go over to Brentwood and go to a very, very nice wedding at the Brentwood Country Club. And the seating around uh, – not the – the chuppah, I think actually out of a chuppah, um was – curved. It was a crescent. It was a semicircle. So I grabbed a seat, and I'm sitting there with my date, and we're looking, and they enter, and everybody rises. And because of the way the position was, I didn't see the bride's face. Never had met this woman. So then they get married, and her back's to me the entire ceremony. And I'm looking at my cousin's cousin, my good my good buddy. And then they get married, and they go in. And so we all go to the reception, and I'm, I'm seeing some of my family and introducing, and we're having fun. And then the wedding dais uh, faced the dance floor, and I was at one of those tables that was like the Misfit Toys table (laughs) where they're like, just shove them in the rear. And so I'm just looking at the back of their heads. (laughs) Then so all the speeches happen. I'm having a few. I'm eating. We're having a great old time. And then they do the the dance where they lift the bride and groom up on chairs, and my uncle kind of pushes me. He's like, go help. You're young. And so I run out there, and I grab my cousin's cousin's chair. (laughs) And so I don't see... So the wife's chair is just in front. So I just see the back of her head and her dress going up. (laughs) And so the whole thing goes... And I don't notice this in real time. I notice this afterwards. So after Uh the reception, there's a karaoke party. It was really fun. But everybody's saying, hey, and family, you know, you got married. Bride and groom on their wedding day are the most stressed out, busy, like uh, shaking hands with the world type of people. On the drive home or on the Uber home, I turned to my date and I go, did you see the bride? And she goes, yeah. I was like, you saw her face? And she goes, no. (laughs) I go, me neither. (laughs) I have no idea what this person looks like. I went to a four hour party and have no idea who one of the people throwing it was. So I had to go on Facebook later and go, oh. (laughs) Still haven't met in real life, but very lovely person and I look forward to seeing her face. (laughs) (laughs) when they renew their vows maybe it was crazy to me but uh oh man also delete your facebook do you
0: (laughs) do you remember i don't know if you remember from my wedding do you remember baby bird whiskey in the mouth yes (laughs) i mean i'm sure i was part of the uh, origin of it I think it was, I think Chris Hoslett named it. Yes. He was one of my, he was in the wedding party. Yes. And uh, we were drinking whiskey before I got married. And I think we were talking about if I like baby birded whiskey into someone's mouth. Yeah, and then I think I did. I'm I sure you did. did. Yeah, I think I, I baby birded. Meaning, when I say baby birded, I mean I drank a shot of whiskey and then they opened their mouth and I spit the whiskey into their mouth. Yes, uh, and then we started calling this baby bird whiskey in the mouth. And then at the reception, uh, we were <laughs> I baby birded so many people. Like it is now un. Fathomable to yes. me now that we're in a global pandemic yes it is unfathomable that i was going around with a bottle of whiskey yes at a bar i i baby birded kumail nanjiani
1: absolutely I baby
0: bird and look how you. strong
1: kumail is now kumail's <laughs> ripped i'm drinking water i think you i think you're the fountain of youth you're the human whiskey fountain of youth but you're also 6'4 so you're really yeah. good at you're a really good adult bird. You're a good Papa yeah. bird. <laughs> I remember. But it chanting is unbelievable. It. Yeah, baby bird, whiskey in, in the, the mouth. mouth. <laughs> baby bird, whiskey. <laughs> we were chanting on the bus. We were chanting at the hotel. <laughs> I'm just you spitting whiskey. I mean, it's alcohol. It's got to kill some germs. I mean, like it's so. Yeah, it does
0: kill some germs, but still, like un unbelievable now, uh, like unth- unthinkable to yes. do
1: in the in the pair. Yeah, I'm not anyway. even going to a salad bar anymore. But that was so <laughs> funny. I totally remember that. And we are naming this episode, Katie, Baby, Baby Bird, Bird, Whiskey in the Whiskey Mouth. Whiskey in the Mouth. There we go. Thank <laughs> Hit you. Hit us, buddy boy. So,
0: This is this is kind of perfect. It matches kind of up with your story, and I love that we have it. We have them right next to each other. This was sent in by Andrew Decker on Instagram. Thanks, Andrew. This is from the Independent UK. Written by uh, no name. No name. Uh, Here it is. This is an amazing title. Five hitmen jailed after each hired the other to carry out Uh, murder that was never committed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy.
0: It's great. Six people have been jailed after they each hired another hitman to carry out a murder that was never committed. Yes. Um, I want to apologize up front for fucking up all of these names. Uh, Tan Yuhui, a real estate developer, hired a hitman to kill a business rival Great. for uh, 220,000 pounds. I'm going to say everything in pounds even though it's in yen. That's close. Uh, or yen. Uh, a court in uh, in China heard. Mm-hmm. However, the hitman then subcontracted the work to another hitman okay. who passed it on to another hitman yes. who apparently gave it to another hitman Love that. who employed another hitman yes. <laughs> and who in turn engaged yet another
1: hitman. Somebody's been watching the W. Dark Knight opened so many times. Spoilers. (laughs) The Joker did the same thing. (laughs) But instead of carrying out the hit, the final
0: hitman met the ultimate intended victim, known by his last name, Way, and offered to help him fake his death. So all six men were convicted of intentional homicide and given prison sentences of up to five years. I don't know why the last guy was. But here's how it went down. Yes. Tell me. Events began in 2013 when Mr. Wei filed a civil lawsuit against Tan's company.
1: Okie dokie. Uh,
0: concerned he could
1: lose his money, Tan hired a contract killer. Great. Uh, what, a, what a normal decision to make. What a right? great thing. Yeah, let's just kill somebody. Like that's not the <laughs> worst thing you can do in the world.
0: <laughs> so crazy.
1: Gosh. So c- concerned he could lose
0: money, Tan hired a contract killer, Zhi Huan, to kill Mr. Wei for 220 thousand pounds. Okay. Uh, Ji then contracted another assassin, mm-hmm. Mo Tang Zhang, to mm-hmm. carry out the hit, offering him a hundred and ten thousand pounds. Okay. Uh, up front, then another uh, something in completion. A little back end. He's getting uh, residuals. Yeah, so I get it. Exactly. Sub- Mo subcontracted the work to Yang Sheng who agreed to a fee of
1: $30,000. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. He's going... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if the $20,000 guy can't get it done, what are you doing? Yang Kang
0: Sheng then offered Yang Guangsheng, another mm-hmm. hitman, $22,000 oh, to kill Mr. Lee. Okay. Uh Juan Gang Shang approached a fifth man, <laughs> Ling Xianei and offered him eleven thousand yes. pounds to murder Mr. Wei. yes, but Ling met with Mr. Wei in a coffee shop and offered to help him fake his death. Mr. Wei, Mr. Wei agreed and posed with his hands bound so Ling could claim the fee and allow his target to report the attempted murder to yes. the police. Tan was sentenced to five years in prison while the hitmen were given sentences between two and four years. I love it that if you if you're paying a guy... Only eleven thousand pounds to kill
1: somebody else. They're just gonna fake it. <laughs> yeah, as they should. This feels like a yeah. Cohen brother movie starring Mark Wahlberg. Uh, it's oh like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's so perfect. It's that's so insane. So, uh, I mean, also like perfect crimes. Do, the more people you're telling about this and paying, this guy is awful at committing crimes. I mean, I'm so glad nobody actually got hurt out of this exactly, thing. But yeah. my goodness. Maybe if number one doesn't work out, you've, maybe that's a sign. Sometimes you get one sign in this world to walk away and, <laughs> instead of just well, paying the, people less and less and less and less. No, the
0: original guy the original guy, thought the, the first hitman was going to do it. Right.
1: So he was the, the, the first hired hitman was cutting his fee in half to have somebody else do the crime. And then the right. second guy they, did it uh, for the third guy. They were all cutting it in half. Yes. They were
0: all cutting it in half and offering. It's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, also, maybe proving that
1: like hitmen just don't want to kill people. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's probably pretty good. It's a good title for a memoir The Hitman Who Didn't Want to Kill People. My Life on the Run. That's wild. That's really, really. Insane. And I only wish in my deepest heart of hearts that they had gone down until one guy is offering somebody else fifty cents to kill somebody. I just wish it Russian doll <laughs> all the way down to loose change. It's, it's turtles all the way down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, uh, all right, give me another one, Scotty. Tease can... me one. Oh let uh And let's take a break.
1: I would love to tease you one. What's a fun one? This one's a fun one. This was sent in by Thigs93. Thank you, Thigs93. From your New York Daily News, written by the best in the business, Nelson Oliveira. Oliveira. Nelson Oliveira.
0: Oliveira!
1: That's right. Best in the business. Man accused... Of tossing used coffee cups in New York couples' yard for the last three years. (laughs) More? Oh, wait. I mean, you mean paper coffee cups, right? Not like. I'm just reading the headline. We'll we'll have to find out if I'm talking glass mugs or metal travel mugs on bananas. (laughs) Bananas.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, we're back on bananas. Little information. Give it to us. Two things. Okay. Two things, Scotty. Yes, sir. We all know that I'm going to be in Portland, Helium Comedy Club, May 13th, 14th, and 15th. Please get tickets. You can go to the Instagram. There's a link tree uh, on the profile. Amazing tickets there. But now, okay. also, I will be in Philadelphia. Woo! At the Helium in Philadelphia, June 17th, 18th, and 19th. Again, both of these shows, Helium does a really great job. Yeah, They're they all at a third capacity. Uh, everything's super socially distanced. It's, it seems very safe. I know a lot of people have done shows there. Come on out. Yes. June. It's June 17th and 18th and 19th in Philly. Come on, the city of
1: brotherly love. Yes. Do it. Eat a cheesesteak at Steve's Prince of Steak's. I like oh, okay. that one the most. Um, that's very exciting. I'm glad you're getting back out there and shaking your tail feathers a little bit.
0: Trying, and trying, and getting ready for this, uh, getting ready to record this special.
1: Oh, yeah? Is that what you're doing? You're building an hour? Uh, yeah, we're recording in August. In Denver, you got so. it. You're going to nail it. Philly's fun. I love Philly. My friend Dan just moved there. We like Philly. Yeah,
0: Philly. A lot of people have moved out of New York and into Philly. I hear Um And guys... Go follow us on uh, Instagram, The Bananas Podcast. Send us your strange news stories. Send us your personal strange
1: stories yes, for our mini Yes, we love those. We're going to have 26 more mini sods in 2021, or, or at least that's how many we're doing this year. So keep sending us your banana stories. We will, we will credit you. We'll mm-hmm. praise you and raise you up on high. We'll exalt you. Um, we mug, this Give me this fucking mug story. do want to say one thing before we get to that because we got a very good compliment from angelina
0: angelina
1: angelina aka angie called the bananas phone 213-214-7974 thanks everybody for calling and she gave us a great compliment kurt she was getting a root canal not fun have you ever had a root canal no, me, neither, thank God, yeah, they sound like a real pain in the face now
0: that i 've said no i 'm probably going to get one tomorrow me
1: too uh while getting a root canal, she was uh allowed to listen to whatever she wanted on headphones, so what did she listen to? She listened to Bananas after Dark with Laurel Bristow, our homegirl, yes, on her headphones. And while she's getting a root canal, she was laughing so much. The oral surgeon leaned down and had to ask her, "Quote, maybe listening to something a little bit more mild." Uh, she was laughing too much, where she was screwing up the root canal. So, Angelina, that is such a. Gr- we hope That's your teeth awesome. are healing well and your mouth doesn't hurt anymore. And you know, it's just a good advice out there if you're getting your. If you're getting something crazy done to your body and you're in a lot of pain, <laughs> listen to Bananas and possibly botch your own <laughs> surgery. Okay, man accused of tossing used coffee cups in New York couple's front yard for three years. I, I was actually stunned that this wasn't in Queens or Brooklyn. It's not. It's not? It was in Manhattan? Here it comes. Coming in okay. hot. It was in Buffalo, I think. Uh, it took almost Three years. Three years. But an upstate New York couple has finally learned the identity of the man who has been tossing used coffee cups in their front yard every day. The serial trash tosser who was caught in the act this month is a former colleague and, quote, nemesis, end quote, of one of the what? homeowners. What? I don't have a, a modern nemesis. day
0: nemesis.
1: I need a nemesis. And also,
0: when it's a nemesis and the thing they do is just... L- lightly litter in
1: your yard every day. Yes. I love that. That's a, that's a good nemesis. And everybody, all our bananas listening, I'm sure are picturing somebody. You're picturing a guy, and he's tossing a coffee cup every day. Just keep that picture in mind. It's fun to imagine. And whoever you're thinking about is probably your nemesis, by the way. <laughs> whoever you pictured, that's your nemesis. So Cheryl Patton, who lives in the town of Hamburg, or Hamburg, said she was shocked To learn the man driving by her home every night to throw litter on her property was a grown man who had beef with her. (laughs) You don't want beef. Driving by. I assumed it was a walk by toss. This is a drive by toss. It's at night. It's a nightly drive by toss. This person is unhinged.
0: He saves them every day. He has his coffee in the morning and then drive. That's great. Okay. okay. Now the nemesis is
1: dark. The suspect, identified as 76-year-old Larry Pope, was charged with harassment and cited with throwing refuse onto a roadway, a traffic infraction, according to the Buffalo News. Thank you, Buffalo oh, that's News. It. that's it. does nothing. That is nothing. The hundreds of dirty coffee cups... Pope is accused of throwing in the pro- uh, couple's property over the years, uh, almost always came from McDonald's and sometimes had a cigarette butt or a napkin in it. Oh, Larry, you jerk. Uh, the couple said they did everything they could to catch the mysterious driver. I don't agree with that because it seems very easy to catch somebody within three years. Yeah. But, uh, you know, just hire a local kid with an iPhone. Put-, Put up a ring doorbell. Yeah. There you go. There's one. Duh. Um they first set a security camera up in a tree. Then they bought high-powered binoculars, which is the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> high-powered That'll get them. Uh, and they started hiding outside on cold nights. But none of these tragedies gave them a clear view of the license plate. So Cheryl and her uh-huh. husband, Edward Patton, initially thought it was somebody's poor attempt at a prank. I mean, we do get a lot of these stories about people getting sending gifts and mail and leaving yeah. banana peels and jars of urine and Heinz ketchup bottles. This happens. Um, So the couple began collecting the debris and filling 10 garbage bags full of debris. So they asked out to their neighbors to help catch the minivan driver, got the license plate number, which they shared with Hamburg police. Cops set up their own surveillance operation. I mean, this must have been so fun for the locals just to be like the whole neighborhood is doing uh, recon. Surveillance. 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 Yeah. Yeah, this is like another stakeout. Um, also think
0: about where you have to store ten garbage bags of trash yeah. as evidence on your. And also for like a no a nothing charge. Yes, for, he, he gets a littering, a littering on the highway charge. Is it's just a traffic infraction? Like it, it's it crazy. is
1: such a stupid invasion of space. Like my dad's a very patient and kind man, and the maddest I've ever have seen him as a child was whenever somebody would rip down his Christmas lights that he hung up. It was, I mean, they might as well had ripped out his soul. And uh, so it's just something about people trashing your yard. That is so infuriating. So the connection is Cheryl told the newspaper that the suspect used to work with her at a bus company where she also served as a union officer. So that might be something Uh, we're pro union and two colleagues disagreed on numerous union related issues. Pope insulted and threatened her. But now, for the first time in years, the couple's front yard is finally clear of debris. Quote, it's a huge relief, says Cheryl Patton. Oh, my gosh, Larry Pope, you big dork. I mean, like, that's so, like, it
0: is just proof that, like, if you don't do the work, you just don't fucking grow up. Like, he's a 76-year-old man. That's a great point. Who is doing this every single day. Like, this takes like so much fucking time and effort yes. out of his life.
1: Yeah. He's losing. Ultimately he's losing. He's a jerk, but oh, yes, man. all that anger, that bitterness he can't let go of, it is poison in his in his body and his mind. What an idiot. Yeah, he is going to die from hatred. Remember um, Soon. Remember my I won't name him by name, and I'm almost positive I've never talked about him on the pod, but remember that one roommate I had in Brooklyn before Chris who was just um, <laughs> wired a different way is probably a yes. nice way. And remember, you I wrote an so article much. for Overflow uh, Magazine once, which was like a, yeah. I think, Red Hook based. And then I think you recommended me, and I wrote an article. And so I'm going to call that roommate Zane. That is not okay. his real name. I love it. It's if, a great, it's actually a perfect name for him. Yes. He's he Zane like. I will, as Bananas moves forward, I maybe have 15 banana stories about living with this one person for less than one year. Uh, but at his peak of... Um, at first, he was in school. And so I lived with... The, I only had one roommate in Brooklyn. Uh, it was two-bedroom place. And... I hired. The, I got this kid, I think off of Craigslist, and he was young and he was an aspiring actor like many people in New York. And so for a long time, he was in acting school. So when he first moved in, I wouldn't see him Monday to Friday and then he'd go out with the other actors afterwards. It was the greatest living situation for a New Yorker ever. I basically didn't have a roommate. um, But somebody's splitting the rent. So anyways, long story short, as soon as he stopped uh, acting... He was just going out on all these auditions and trying to get into Juilliard and doing all these things. Oh, wait a second. Yes.
0: When you say acting class, did he go to the New York Film
1: Academy? Oh, he did I go to the did. New York Film Academy, and he lied and told me he got a full scholarship, which is something that does not or did not, not exist, exist at that time. Because it's not a real school. I used to teach at the New York Film Academy really? for many years. You know, and you yes, handed out all is.
0: those scholarships. What it is called, it is called an uncredited institution. Yes. It's good. It's it, a good starting point. We're not going to disparage it. I, I, I taught improv there. So you would get, if when I was teaching there, you definitely got an improv class. I don't know what else
1: you got. So what I'm saying is, Zane, Zane was trying to make an impact on this world, he was trying to leave his mark on. New York City, and what he started to do was he started to forget to flush the toilet after oh, uh, wow. having a sit Zane. down after a sit Zane. down. So he's so the first one. The first one, so I think, crazy. I think he would, I think he would do his uh, bathroom business and then take a shower afterwards, which is debatable online all the time. Which which route to go there? So the first one, number one and number two, I considered warning shots of a busy mind and a and a young person trying to make it. So I just <laughs> flushed them and moved on. Number three caught me so off guard in the middle of the day, it was so <laughs> upsetting. I just texted him kind of kindly. You know me. I'm very patient. I'm incredibly patient with people especially, but I I can sit and watch the paint dry. So I texted him kindly, "Hey, could you try and flush more?" He responded <laughs> with But even the most patient person can have a trigger and he responded with "I did." No. So at this point, <laughs> he's not. my mortal enemy. At this point, anything <laughs> he could get struck by lightning, and I'd be like, "That's interesting." Why, I'll move his stuff out if instantly. You
0: flushed the toilet. Yeah. Try. And why flush would more. anyone ever text you saying "flush the toilet"? Yes. There's no. It's not a thing that would ever need to be brought up.
1: No. So then I was wait I was a waiter at the time so number 4 I recall um just going to work I had to pee and I was like well I guess I'll just pee at work so I ride the F train and go to 2 Boots and start working then number five was a doozy uh, that I left unflushed, uh, and I taped a sign. Uh, I printed <laughs> my computer uh, in giant, like forty-two inch or forty-two size font. Thanks again, pal, <laughs> and taped it to the <laughs> toilet and left it. And then went and slept <laughs> at my then girlfriend's house, so he had to deal with that one on his own way. Um, the next one, number six, I typed another number sign. Six! <laughs> Number six, sit down. That was—I mean—at some point you take it personally. Um, yeah, he swore. It oh was yeah. Him. So number six, I was in my room listening to music, reading, and I left it for him. And I heard his footsteps coming down the hall, his bag dropping on the floor. I hear the bathroom door swing open, and then I hear the hushed, like terrified, <laughs> horror movie voice just of him going. Oh, no. Like, he <laughs> saw what he did, and, he, and then I, he stood outside my door. I could see his feet under the gap under my door, yeah. and I yeah. could tell when to apologize or knock, and then he just goes into his room, doesn't apologize. So it just goes so insane. So it got to 10. I'll, I'll jump to the end. It got <laughs> to number 10. And I finally had to make my stand. I was dating somebody who thought it was the grossest thing in the world. And honestly, it was very gross. And uh-huh. so number 10, I took a photo of it. And I printed it. And then I t- went into his room and took one of his headshots. And I taped them next to each other on the toilet tank. <laughs> and then I wrote in Sharpie, <laughs> handwritten uh, Zane, if you don't flush your shit ever again, (laughs) I will email everyone I know, put it on Facebook, MySpace, (laughs) dates it a little bit, uh, and say his full name never flushes his toilet. And this, it worked. It worked. The social media shame of it all. He apologized to me. He begged me not to post it on social media. And it never, ever happened again. But it was a saga. It was a two-month It's aged me. Any gray hairs I have are from Zane just leaving me time bombs. But that oh no, that oh no. It was like he walked in on an an alien autopsy. It was like, what have I found?
0: It just seems to be like I can't even begin to imagine how it happens once. Do you know what I mean? Like it's brained. It's such an ingrained experience of like it's just muscle memory. Do you know what I mean? It's muscle memory. You finished, uh, you flush. It's many you know? things.
1: It's common courtesy. Some might say too. <laughs> if I left like a dirty dish at somebody's house and they mentioned it, I would like buy them new f- flatware. I'd be like, I'm so sorry. But um, uh, this is a,
0: this is I don't want to I don't want to talk too much about this. No, nope. but Calm, sit This down. is very funny. From yep. early on in my relationship with Lauren, um. I lived in a studio apartment in Brooklyn. Very small place. There was a bathroom. Yes, I had to use the bathroom. Absolutely, the bathroom. And then I lit a match, uh, which I always found to be a great a great solution to any lingering uh, problems. Classic. Lit a match. Came out, and I will never forget this. She's sitting at at, like my table, Mm -hmm. and she just goes, "Hmm." what are you cooking?
1: <laughs> and then I was just like,
0: uh, I just took a shit and lit a match. Is that what you're smelling? <laughs>
1: Ooh. And then she just started laughing yes. so hard. That's, you knew she was Ooh, the one. Somebody's oh. cooking. That's what she said. <laughs> Kurt's been cooking. That's so Kurt's good. Kurt's been
0: cooking. Um. Okay, here we go. You ready?
1: Into the cleaner realm in life, but Zane, I hope you're alive and out there and learned your lesson well, my good friend. Uh, this was sent never in. Uh, contact me ever again. <laughs> yes, sorry, <laughs> Kirby, my
0: fault. This was sent in by Alex uh, on Instagram. A Mussing is her. Thank handle. you, A Mussing. Uh, this is from Art World by uh, the Bib. Up Sarah s- Cascone. Ooh, sign me up, Sarah. A couple accidentally defaced a five hundred thousand dollar painting in Seoul uh, after mistaking it for a participatory artwork. Oh boy! So oh uh, boy. I won't read the whole thing, but basically, what <laughs> it was was and you, uh, we'll show, we'll post the art. I can't. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. So this the the, the 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 artist is an American artist. Uh, his name is John One. Um, And he did this piece in Seoul, uh, supposed to be worth $500,000. It's, this is, uh, here it is. A couple visiting a street art exhibition in a mall in Seoul unknowingly vandalized an abstract painting by American artist John Wan. said to be worth $500,000, painting three large dark splotches across its surface. Wow. The couple was confused by the array of brushes and paint tubes scattered on the ground beneath the canvas. They were meant to reflect the creative process of the artist, but the unwitting pair mistook the display for an invitation to add their work. Yes. Uh, so they just thought like, oh, this is like a thing. It's a community Here's thing. The deal. What this guy does is, it's like, uh, it's essentially, it's very Jackson pollock okay. but even like more disorganized than Jackson Pollock. Okay. It's essentially every color in the rainbow. Very cool. Just thrown on a wall. Yes. It's just a mess. Wow. Okay? And then they have a picture of the before, and they have a picture of the after vandalization. Could you even tell? I- <laughs> I I cannot tell. No, I cannot tell at all where they supposedly did something. Yeah, Because it's just a bunch of, it would make sense. I totally understand this couple. They came up and they found just what looked like random smears of every color in the rainbow. Yeah, of course. And with a bunch of paint underneath, of course, it looks like just a bunch of random strangers did this. That sounds so so fun. It's so fun. Uh, I, I'm on their side. I can understand. Oh, I finally saw it. I finally saw the little little splotch. I think it makes it better. I. Agree. I think it should be worth seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I agree. Modern art is so fucking weird. Yeah. The fact that it, that is five hundred thousand dollars blows my mind. Yes. Like that's. What, I think as comedians, or writers, when you see something like this. Yes. It's like we, the thing that we ha- have to make has to make sense. It has to, it has to, it has to make people laugh. Do you yes, know what I mean? Yes, I agree. So there is like a very, there, there is like, you can read something or you can see something and you can be like, that is good. Yes. When I watch it, I laugh. Do you know what yes. I mean? Yes. It's a very, it's a concrete artistic experience. I totally agree. I and totally with this, agree. this, it's just a fucking mess. And then this couple added more of a mess to it? Fucking great. Good. I love it. Yes. I love it. The fact that this guy got five hundred thousand dollars for this, I am sure
1: he's an incredibly talented man. Sure he is. John One.
0: But who cares? But I am all I'm fired up.
1: If you walk away from a giant if you leave a giant painting outside and open cans of paint. paint. Yes, with paint on the floor. You better believe I'm painting that thing. I'm drawing all kinds of crazy stuff. I'm playing mash. I'm doing a whole mash. I'm doing
0: mash. and look, and now that I've yelled about it, looking at it, it is very pretty. I do kind of like it. <laughs> 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 it's growing on me. I've been, look, I've been yelling about it and looking at it, and I, st- I kind of do like it. I'm not spending $500,000 on it.
1: No, uh, me neither. I was at the, uh, the Whitney Biennial once, which is like a mm-hmm. uh, big... It was so fun. My friend Rachel used to get me in there all the time. And I went into this one room, oh, and that's like a, just a giant gallery museum. It's a giant museum that does, I guess, a yearly or whatever, biennial, every two years. I guess that means every two years. Who knows anymore? Um, they would do a big Maybe art exhibit. It means twice a year. Maybe it means twice a year. Who knows? Maybe it's only bisexual artists. That would have been preferable, honestly. Um, <laughs> bisexual millennials. Yes. I mean, <laughs> if you're a millennial, uh, might as well become an artist. They would do these things and sometimes the art was so astounding it would blow your mind and i still think of some of the art forever other times you see modern art and it is the most confusing thing you've ever seen in your life i took our friend anthony uh, batista once i think anthony listens to the pod and i walk in this one room it's a white gallery space there is a chain attached to a long branch that all the uh I almost said feathers. All the feathers have been taken off the branch. All the leaves have been taken off the branch. (laughs) And it was painted completely red, and it hung by a chain, and then kind of rotated, sort of, as Uh people moved in and out. That was it. That was the whole room, huge space, the equivalent of a $10,000 size uh, per month Manhattan apartment. Instead, we have a giant red log on a chain just kind of turning slowly. And I'm looking at it thinking, this is bullshit. And then all these art world snobs are looking at it and beholding it and pointing at it and critiquing it and, and just whispering, hushed, they're astounded. And so I'm kind of like just looking down at the ground like, well, I um, obviously am not an artist. I don't understand this. And then I just mm-hmm. hear a voice go, how is this art and i look up and it's anthony and he hadn't even entered the room he said it from another from the hallway and then walks in the room smiling and laughing at me and it's like all clutching the pearls of the art world but yeah just how he said what any normal person was thinking and from that day forward i hear anthony's voice going how's this art whenever anybody goes oh look at this and in my head i go how is this art? We've all been there. We've all been there. I love it, and
0: also just you know, I I I realize too that my my screed against modern art is is uh, you know I recognize that like people like Jackson Pollock, especially when he did what he did, yeah, it beautiful. was revolutionary. Yes, the doing it in twenty twenty one on a on a wall, I don't think is that revolutionary anymore. Nope. Um, but what and we also, know. I love. I love art. I love going to weird art, ex- art, art exhibitions. I do. Yeah. And you know what? When I see something super stupid, uh, it does. It makes me chuckle. It makes me laugh. I enjoy it. I like it, uh, too. The, I like those public pianos. It's the money, It's the money. You
1: like those? You that like a piano just in the middle of nowhere that they're just like, play it if you know how to play i like that i love those what? there was one in vancouver right down when i lived in vancouver doing that one show i was there for six weeks and there was a piano right up the street right outside of a bakery and a cafe and kind of in the main drag and uh it was just a beautiful piano and people would play it all day just random people would walk by and start playing and love that sometimes it was cute it was little kids sometimes ah. it was a cat and the were instagram got a million likes. And uh, sometimes it was somebody that sat there and just quietly played beautiful piano music, and it makes you realize that every little kid, even though they hate it, should probably take piano lessons. But it was beautiful.
0: (laughs) I love that. I love it. I I remember my... This reminded me of something. My uncle... Heard of him? He was... uh, He's a strange... He's kind of a strange bird. I have two very strange bird uncles. And um, he was always, like, obsessed with, like... um, he he was obsessed with wealth. Do you know what I mean? He was obsessed yeah. with the idea of wealth. He was obsessed yes. with making people think he was wealthy at all oh, times. Well, that's when depressing. It it, it kind of was depressing. Yeah. You know? Like he really loved he loved casinos, you know, and he loved Oof. like flash and <laughs> stuff like that. You don't get rich so at he, casinos, Unc. You don't. You really don't. So he um, he bought this I'm assuming he bought it in like South Beach in Miami. Oh boy. Um it was a <laughs> a a flamingo, a wooden, carved wooden flamingo <laughs> stuck stuck into a base of driftwood. Oh, classy as shit. And nothing screams and, wealth
1: like driftwood. Yeah. <laughs> currency of the and future. He, and he
0: bought two of them. And um Oh. And he left them at my mom's house. And yes. so eventually, my mom was like, I don't want these fucking things. Like, you want to put one in your room or whatever? And I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. And so we had it in my room. We would always make fun of it. And then we were like, art, you know, it was like, it was like 20 or so, uh, coming home from college and just getting really into like being an artist. you know what I mean? Like, I was like. You
1: got to have would, think pieces in your home, Kurt.
0: Yeah, we were like we were smoking cigarettes and just like painting. with like this, maybe it's high school more, but like just painting on the walls yeah. of my room. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yes. really just being like we are Bohemian. Yes. And we don't understand a fucking thing about the world. No. Um and so we like altered this. Like, we, we taped a cigarette in its mouth. <laughs> well, okay. We painted it. We spray painted it. We gave it like a mohawk. Yes. Uh, like, there was like a like a pack of cigarettes coming out. Like, put we made a pack of cigarettes for its like shirt, quote unquote, okay. shirt pocket. I like this. And like, painted all over it. And so then it was like this punk rock flamingo smoking a cigarette. Yes. And then I come to find out that it's worth $10,000. <laughs> 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 and my oh, mom was like, oh. what did you do with that flamingo Jimmy's asking about it, I was like,
1: oh, uh, uh." (laughs) $10,000 to you at that time would have been like $100,000.
0: Yes. Yes. Oh. Uh, uh, Yeah, it would have. Yeah, forever. I would have just been like, I have enough money for forever now. Oh,
1: God. I had a lacrosse coach in Maryland who once got drunk and told me that he bought Microsoft early. And I had a, I, he was at a bar in, in Reisterstown, Maryland. And this guy leans over. He goes, you want a stock tip? Microsoft. So he bought, I don't know, $1,000 worth. And he had a young family and he sold it for 36000 And I was like, I hope you never like did the math. He goes, oh, I did the math. He goes, I would have had $9 million. Uh, no. Yeah, he just no. sold it. It started to dip a little bit in, what, in the 80s or whenever, and he was like, well, I've made $35,000. This is a win. But he was like an early investor at Microsoft. Oh, oh. boy. Whatever oh happened to the Flamingo? God. I think I threw it out. Did you um, gently repaint it pink?
0: <laughs> it was never pink. That oh. was the craziest part about it. It was like wood color. It, and it was like veneered. So it was like uh, reflective wood color. Oh, and varnished. Like very, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. It was like varnished. Um, so yeah, no, I think I threw it out. In the same, like when we were leaving college, it was at like our my our college house that we lived in, at uh, 2731 Maryland Avenue. How about Still it? I remember the address in Baltimore. Okay. And uh, yeah, I threw it out. I think in that way of like we are leaving college, we must just throw out everything that is in this house because we none of us can take it anywhere because we don't have homes. But also do that, you all know, all
1: the young bananas out there. If you're if you're under the age of twenty five, paint on your walls, smoke with your friends, yeah. give it up. But you know, have fun, drink absinthe, pull out some canvases, have a good time. Yeah. You're but not going
0: to do it later.
1: You won't. You're <laughs> going to look at that later and be like, this was a horrible idea. I'm going to bed. It's 10 p.m. <laughs> All right, Sky. give uh, me one. Uh, maybe this might be the last. We'll see. We'll wrap it up pretty so, soon. Well, we'll see. Maybe we'll go out. Well, I got these. two. What's the more fun one? Well, it's yeah, kind of cool. Get us a good fun one. This one's kind of fun. Okay. This was sent in by Anna, a.k.a. A Doubtful Guest on Instagram, a.k.a. Anna Banana. So we, we know we love an Anna Banana curb. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, this is from the BBC News. BBC News, we've said this many times. They just credit the staff. Maybe it's a better way to do it. BBC, maybe we want to know who's typing this thing. Maybe BBC stands for Best in the Biz Company. Oh, well, nobody's ever said that before, but we're breaking it right here. <laughs> breaking news. Um... The Suez Canal blockage blamed for a garden gnome shortage. Are S- you kidding me? Big time, Kirby right. Big time. I'm so in. we all know that giant tanker was stuck in the Suez Canal for a long time. It's since been After- three weeks ago. After drawing a dick with their GPS. Did you know about that? I did. And if you didn't Google image, I showed it to Molly. I showed it to your manager. And she was like, why is everybody talking about this? I'm like, well, before they got stuck, they drew a perfect (laughs) penis with a giant tanker barge before going into the canal. It's incredible. The Suez Canal. I had no idea where it was, by the way. Um, Supply chain issues of the popular garden center Nome uh, during lockdown are causing a shortage internationally. The ornaments are in wow. short supply. I've never owned a garden gnome, I think. Uh, coming off your Flamingo, I thought garden gnome, naturally. What a connection. Yeah. We're all yeah. about Segway. Never owned on one various. either. Maybe this is our year. Um, I'm going to dress like a garden gnome for Halloween. <laughs> That's a great idea. Decided. I'll go with your kids. I don't have kids. <laughs> I'll walk with your kids dressed as a garden gnome. Um so, it just means that, what, you're going to have a hat and a beard on? You're going to look like Santa Claus. I'm going to have a dunce cap, <laughs> a big fat belly, maybe some lederhosen or something. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it uh, does have a dunce cap, right? They do wear those weird pointy hats. I'll, okay. I'll put some so lipstick it on my cheeks. I'll put some rouge on my cheeks. And, yeah, like I'll, that. I'll look like a weird dunce German type of Santa. <laughs> Um, the ornaments are in short supply uh, and raw materials for them are hard to come by after the recent blockage of the Suez Canal. Uh, Ian Byrne, who has the most British name in the world, uh, is (laughs) assistant manager of Highfield Garden World in Whitminster, said that there had been a massive upswing in the sale of garden gnomes. We haven't seen a garden gnome in six months now, unfortunately, he says. Mr. Byrne said garden centers have experienced a boom. And their popularity was causing, I think it's the Great Quar, people were like, let's make our garden, let's make our yard look cool, let's landscape, let's get some gnomes out there to freak out the kids. But the popularity of garden gnomes was causing issues with the uh, the availability. Quote, there aren't any gnomes. (laughs) There's definitely (laughs) a shortage. So garden gnomes sales, our garden centers around the world and in England were up 97% from 2019. So clearly a correlation here. Yep. Every day has been like a bank holiday brag. Uh, That's (laughs) that's good, (laughs) but definitely causing some issues because it's not just English garden centers that are booming. It's all of Europe and around the world. It's causing issues with the supply chain. Garden gnomes of any type, plastic, stone, or concrete, I'll let Olive decide which one I'm going to be, are in very short supply. <laughs> They've been extremely popular over the last uh, couple of seasons, and we've seen a massive upswing in the sales of gnomes. It's definitely a different clientele. Kurt, tell me what clientele is suddenly wanting <laughs> garden gnomes. I don't know. Um, I
0: bet you it's millennials.
1: Millennials, the artists of the sea. Um, with goods arriving from abroad, garden centers have been affected, and with the ship getting stuck in the cabal, garden furniture, especially ornaments of which gnomes would be called, but that's the quote, by the way. I'm not just saying it that weird way, have been stuck in containers trying to come over here. He added that the other garden products have also been affected and that centers were doing everything possible to keep the supply chains moving. I love it that they bury the actual
0: lead all the way, second to last. Oh also all garden supplies for yep. short demand. Yep. The gnome is not different than anything else here at the garden mm, supply nope. store.
1: <laughs> I know this sounds so ignorant and stupid, but I didn't realize that the Suez Canal connected the Mediterranean Sea to the Red Sea. I, I didn't know it was like a dividing line of African Asian and all I did I had no idea, so at least I learned something from these garden gnomes. Thank you, garden gnomes, for teaching us.
0: I'm that's really garden gnome. I think, I think that's a great you idea. You can too. And I'm happy that I'm happy that you've already got it. April, lockdown, your you,
1: who you're gonna be for Halloween. People love a six foot two garden gnome. Oh hell yeah. I'm gonna put clogs See, I on.
0: I can't I can't decide <laughs> this early out because Olive will change her mind uh, up right up until the day of. Do you know what I mean? Okay. And I might as well support her and whatever her idea is. So it's always like, she's like, I'm a turtle, I'm a turtle, I'm a turtle, I'm a turtle. And then the next day she's just like, I'm going to be a paperclip. And I'm
1: just like, we've got the turtle costume.
0: (laughs) You're being a turtle.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Well, if you do decide to do it, we'll look like some weird dunce ZZ Top walking around with kids. And they'll be like, who are the tall weirdos back there? And they'll be like, don't mind us. Just nice garden. We love the landscaping. Uh, it would be
0: great if we could see if Olive wants to be a garden gnome. I just got to get her slowly into gnomes. I mean, Guzzle will do Guzzle will do anything I want. He does. He can't. <laughs> he can't object.
1: <laughs> That's so good. <laughs>
0: Did, Did I ever tell you about this with Gus? Did I mention this? Did I mention Night Night about Night Night with Gus oh, on the podcast yet?
1: Maybe, but give okay. it to us anyways. It's a good way to wrap up the it pod. Doesn't.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, uh, you know, he is one and a half and he's not talking a lot. Okay. He's talking a little bit. He says, yeah, and stuff like that. In yeah. Obama. Um, but when he says, yeah, it does sound like he's been saying it for a million years. He's like, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Um, a biggie. But he. At night, I bring him in. Olive like lays in her bed to like trick him, and so he doesn't have like FOMO when we put him down. So she lays in her bed; cause she gets to stay up later and pretends that she's going to sleep. And we say, "Say night, night, Gus. Say night, night." And, and Gus just like is like very shy and quiet, and he's like looking around. And we're going, "Say night, night. Say night, night." And he's not saying anything. And then out <laughs> of the, every time he just goes. Oh my god it's so loud and he never finishes it off but it's just like it's just a build-up he's just like looking around and then nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: the oh. best. i want to
0: record it someday i'll record it tonight maybe i can put it up on the instagram for this one
1: well now we know well now i know as the garden gnome when we're leaving each halloween house after everybody <laughs> says thanks <laughs> thank you i'm just gonna look at those parents and go Uh, Guys, thank you for listening
0: to Bananas. We want to thank, uh, of course, all of our listeners for sending in stories. I want to thank everybody at Exactly Right. Uh, Thank our producer, Katie Levine. Uh, Thank you, Scotty. Thank you, Curtie B. We did it again. Bananas! Bananas! (laughs) I like
1: that one. (laughs) This has been an exactly right production
0: produced and engineered by Katie Levine. theme music by Kahan and all of our artwork is
1: done by Travis Millard. You can follow us on Instagram at the Bananas Podcast where we post stories every day and things that we don't cover on the podcast. Listen, subscribe, and please leave us
0: a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast.
1: And if you're interested in advertising on bananas, please email us at thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. That's thebananaspodcast at gmail.com.